0: hi folks there's Phoebe here and welcome to this new episode of the franchise entrepreneur this week's episode is going to be a bit different since we have our very first guest Laura has um, started her hospitality business which has become very popular in Chester and she's now considering her next step so we shall be discussing that Um, now this was meant to be a, a single 30-minute episode but we realised we had so much to talk about and we lost a bit of track of time so we're going to divide it into two parts and release the second one next week.
1: Right, hello. Sorry, i was a bit distracted.
0: Right? Okay. trying
1: to get out of the building. Eight yeah. things, a million things going
0: on. So what I thought we'd um, do is just have a general conversation about business, how you're getting on, um, what your sort of um, idea was behind Meltdown and where you see it going and just, you know, generally chit-chat, I'll kind of jump in with where i have come from and my background as well, so okay. this is um, pretty new to me, We're, we've only just been doing the podcast for probably about three months now and you are the very first time or first person we've done any kind of interview with Okay. and the reason I wanted to do this was because one, you're... You've got quite a following in Chester, and mm-hmm. uh, this place has become a kind of a, a go-to place. And thought
1: the focus wasn't though going to be on me. It's,
0: it's not going to be on you okay. specifically, but just, you know, the kind of how a business starts or how a small business starts, yeah. and what the mentality behind you is and what um, and where you see it going in the future and what you want okay. from it. So, I mean, it's just general. We can talk, you know, in general, and then we we'll are just pick and choose stuff from okay. it.
1: All
0: right. So, I mean, it'd be a bit about me talking about, you know, where I've come from and also, you know, if there was anything that I could ever do to help you mm. on, if you ever consider franchising, because that's kind of my background now. Yeah, no, it's so um, So, my background or where I originated from, like, how long have you been in Chester?
1: On and off, 35 years. Oh, well,
0: okay. So, I've been in Chester 20 years, mm-hmm. so I moved up from down south so Yeah. Still got the accent, mm. and I started a business called Go Fresco. Yeah, okay. So that was started off of a sandwich bar. Couldn't make money from that because I had Subway open up next to me. Mm-hmm. Within a year, and then all these coffee shops started opening up. So I ended up turning that into a late night place selling mm-hmm. pizzas and kebabs, and that gave me then the opportunity to go into doing something like Walk and Go. Mm-hmm. But that was an accident. <laughs> so you isn't know, it always? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's what it seems to be, you know, when you talk to people, it's you don't necessarily set out to go down that road, mm. but you end up there somehow, so yeah. is that what happened with... I mean, with I've always
1: worked in hospitality, so it's, it was, it's always been hospitality for me, but as for my own business, it was never never clear, you know, I haven't spent 20 years going, I can't wait until yeah. I can open my own Cheese Toasty Cafe, on the contrary, ah. I never thought I'd be opening my own business, because I just thought it wasn't a possibility, you know, yeah. really um i was in london for 15 years so it wasn't no. <laughs> and then um when i came back and then the shock kind of came to me to be honest so it was but it was good time. i would not just quit my job because i was that's it i can't do 14 hours so i know yeah.
0: you worked till you started to, at barno is it that? right, so yeah at barno there. free and, yeah mm-hmm. so then this place, this kind of came available when you just. Yeah, went, I just. am doing a cheese toasty. Yeah, kind
1: there. of. I mean, I've always been in front of house, never in the yeah. kitchen, so it had to be something that was easy to execute. You know, I yeah. didn't want to spend thirty five thousand pounds a year on a head chef who's, yeah. you know, undoubtedly also going to be a psycho. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wanted to keep it really easy, yeah. non perishable. You know, something that, you know. I'd, I think I just didn't feel arrogant enough that I could go and do, you know, barn meal or whatever, you know. So it needed yeah. to be something quite simple. But at the same time, this is something I've always done at home. You know, I've always cooked a toast yeah. in butter in a pan properly at home. So there's a link to that anyway. It's yes. something
0: I did, you know. Yeah, see, my background came from something completely differently. I came from an accounting background and I actually made a conscious decision to do the first sort of go fresco as a sandwich bar coffee shop because I actually thought it was going to be easy. Mm which was obviously a big mistake because it isn't it isn't easy at all and if it's you everything comes down to you so it's like Mm. it is you can't hide in corporate business no you can hide in corporate business but you can't hide in it when it's it's your business yeah because you can't cut corners and think Oh yeah will
1: set that
0: until I get in trouble for it it's it's all about you isn't it and and I've seen on your reviews your reviews is like you know some of the highest in in Chester (laughs) and that's got to be because of you because you're here and you're investing your time in here yeah. and it's more it's a reflection not just on your your product it's, it's a reflection on you ultimately. as well it's
1: an experience is what it is ultimately it's you know it's cheese tasty and that's that's all it is food wise so there's a, that can only be so so good in theory but it's the whole experience that comes with it mm. sort of from from being greeted when they walk in and i guess just the the general personality of the build, of the building, obviously that stemmed from me, but I've had other people in here who, who have managed to do that, you know, usually alongside me, that's the fear, is if I wasn't in here, mm. whether people would still want a piece of me. Yeah.
0: yeah, well that's what I found really difficult when I created Walk & Go, because Walk & Go is like my, my baby, and that's my main, mm. main business, I sold obviously GoFresco years ago, but the moment that started to grow, so we opened up two in Chester, and then we went to Liverpool and opened up two in there. Mm. You know, there's no, no one else's money involved. There's no other partners involved in it. The moment you back away from the business and you become reliant on other people to have your values and, and your it's customer service, it's difficult. And, then, and you get let down and it doesn't happen. You know, I go through our, our scores on, on uh, you know, our customer service and you look at it and you just go, oh, shit, you know, there's, yeah. there's some that just, you know, it's, that's not how I want it. And you can train staff as much as you want, but the moment you're away from it, there's a real fear and also the realisation that it's never going to be at kind of level. to put passion again.
1: into it that you do by all, you know, by any stretch of imagination. There's, there's the occasional member of staff you fall upon who will perform as well as you do that's rare.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're kind of gold dust. You know, and, and especially in hospitality,
1: especially in this country, sadly,
0: it's still looked upon as a... Yeah
1: and an in industry
0: that you work in when you're not good enough to do anything else i think that's different yeah and i, I, I think, <laughs> that another time. Yeah. well no it's a, it's a good conversation because it's um, it is something that we've come across obviously you know we've now got 20 stores in in the uk and finding the right staff for it that, that want to work in hospitality yeah. is difficult but what we've seen is you know whether it's because of brexit and it's made it more difficult to employ um, overseas um the staff, the standards are starting to get a little bit better because we're having to pay more money, we're having to train people better because they won't stay with you. Yeah. Because everyone's trying to steal each other's staff. Yeah. yeah. Everyone tries to steal our chefs. We train them on the watts and then yeah. before we know it they've gone, gone off to some sort of buffet place and, you mm. know, we've spent six months training them. Yeah. So
1: longevity the, isn't the thing, is it,
0: with yeah. your staff in this industry? So I think it's it's slowly but surely changing that the industry is starting to care more for its employees?
1: I think the employees are under more competition as well because ultimately they want to work in the cool coffee Mm. shops or whatever and and if they don't have the skills to do so then they're not going to get in. I always find it really interesting in this country that people come and apply in a coffee shop Mm. but they don't have any coffee skills. In Australia, which is where I'm from, you'll go and you'll pay for a course so you can be trained as a barista. And then you'll put it on your CV, I've, you know, taken the trouble to get trained, and then you'll get a job. If you don't bother, you'll mm-hmm. throw your CV in the bin. And the mentality here is, like, just fuck up and be like... That was me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah I turned up on my cafe and went,
1: well, I did coffee, very
0: <laughs> And then for the first six months, I was scared of the coffee machine.
1: Yeah. Because I didn't know what is. the hell
0: I was doing. It's like, there's bloody steam coming out of there, it, it's making yeah. all these funny noises, and it's, sort like, of burnt my hand, and it's, like... I've got milk spurting all over the place. Yeah. i going, shit, I don't know how to do it's this. It's a big deal as well,
1: isn't it? It's such a huge industry. I've got a guy on trial tomorrow who's a chef and, you know, he's a trained chef. But I've told him, if you can't nail the coffee machine, then there's no job for you, because here we have to, sometimes we run solo, but it's also all hands on deck. Yeah. So if you can't make me a flat wife, then it doesn't matter if he's been in the kitchen 20 years, no good to me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's terrified.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Were you always the front of the house person? Or? Yeah, always yeah. front of the
1: house, yeah. My parents had restaurants and um, uh, worked for them, and then went off to London, ran pubs, well, did a bit of both actually, a bit of West End school management, uh, worked for all for a few years, and then went to pubs
0: uh, and then see i've always there. been a back house mm-hmm. you know, i think it's because the face may scare a few people but <laughs> it's that intense look i, I, I probably give people well, I, i've never been a front of house person so i've always tried to make sure that whoever i employ someone's got more of a personality and is happy to be out on the front yeah. than, do you know that can be means. one of the
1: hardest things to find because you mm. cannot train that you can't train somebody to be friendly or have a personality yeah. or just have that inbuilt sense of if somebody, you know, if somebody sat there and said, uh, "Can I have tomato ketchup?" and we don't have tomato ketchup, somebody would think, "Well, I'll just go to the shop next door." You'd be yeah. amazed how many members of staff like that wouldn't occur to yeah, them. You know, just you no. no, well, no, we I haven't got any. It's, yeah. it's finished.
0: Like, yeah, no, we've had some. <laughs> we've had people who've been really efficient, but they've got no personality or they've got no smile on on the face, and I, I can identify that because I can picture myself in there and say, "Right, well, yeah. I definitely don't want me in the front of the house, so mm-hmm. I need someone that's got the bubbly personality." Yeah. but. Equally, you want them to be good at what they do. Yeah. It's great having a bubbly personality, but if you're putting all the wrong orders through and, and all the rest of it, then yeah. it's Yeah, well, sometimes that bubbly so.
1: personality, again, in hospitality goes with the party mentality, which yeah. doesn't necessarily work.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been a, a real eye-opener for me. And, and and also, you know, like then expanding it, it's another learning curve mm. once you get to that point. So, so what about you? What's your plans on, on what you intend to do with... No down.
1: I'm definitely at the stage now where I'm starting to think about a second unit mm-hmm. because you know I make a, just about to make a living now, but you know if I'm going to actually make some money, then uh, it's not going to come out of one unit. Certainly yeah. not a unit tucked down a back street in a suburb of Chester. So um, that would definitely be my well, that that is. I feel like in my head, I'm going to open mm-hmm. my eyes. The summer will be over because it's July, and then um, and then before we know it's Christmas. So I feel like in the new year, that's when I'm going to really get my head down into mm-hmm. into
0: in way. Yeah, so I think I saw something on uh, one of your posts that you were talking about, um, potentially expanding it. Have you thought about franchising at all? Do you know much about franchising?
1: I don't know anything about franchising to be honest. I don't really know anything about it
0: at all. Right. <laughs> right. I could probably help you with that. Um, I mean, most things are franchisable, you know, most businesses. I mean me and Jake were talking about this earlier about what is franchisable and what isn't. If it's something that can be replicated and you've got some systems in place, then basically you can be franchised. Is it ultimately a brand? It's, it's not necessarily a brand. It's a system, really. If, mm. if, if you can replicate your business, it doesn't become a brand until you start getting established. You know, Once you build that brand... So, I mean, you're doing the right thing at the moment. You're building your social media, and that's in turn, is not only building your own personal brand, because it's, it's personal to you, so you, everyone... Knows who you are, yeah. Um, but also you're building the brand for your business as well because you're you're now getting that following. You're doing lots of content on there, and mm-hmm. you're getting quite a lot of, um, sort of feedback and comments back as well. So you can you can build a brand from one store, um, but they won't necessarily attract the franchises once you go into to that market. Is it's all the other stuff that comes with it, but it mm-hmm. certainly helps because. Anyone interested in the franchise will look your name up, see what you're posting, try and sort of build a picture up of you because at the end of the day they're investing certainly in the early years in you as opposed to the system or the business that you got if mm. that, that sounds.
1: Well, I mean, if, so if somebody were to buy a franchise, mm-hmm. um, then what technically are they buying? Are they buying a, a business model?
0: Yeah, the yeah. buying the systems, the model, your time and effort that you've invested in your business over the last few years to get it to the point where it is at the moment. So the menu that you've got, the ideas that you've got, the system in place, so your operations manual, if you've got an operations manual, if you haven't, it's something you have to put together. But the operations manual is something not to be scared of. It's It's pretty much... If you've got staff and you've written down a load of things that they have to carry out each day, it's a compilation of all of that and things like, you know, risk assessment. So if you've got uh, each year you carry out risk assessment or, you know, what happens in the event of an emergency, all of those sort of, sort of things. And it's just put together into an operations manual. And you're selling that expertise um, to, to someone who, you know, believes largely in, in you and your ability to, to help them grow a business. So there'd be another you around somewhere that's looking for an idea. And, uh, <laughs> well, you, you know, I've, this is very franchisable, by the way. Um, and there is a similar business out there that's, um, that does kind of toasties. Um, I don't know a lot about it. I think they're in Manchester uh, somewhere. I've seen a couple of their the stores but
1: northern style it's very different it's a toasty but it's very different i mean it's
0: it's 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 a similar product but it's a very
1: different business um yeah they've got two units now right okay there's there's a few in london as well there's only them in in manchester as far as i'm aware there's quite a lot of food trucks floating around the country you know mobile units and then there's a a handful in
0: london Mm yeah but i mean it's you know it's it's Definitely franchisable, and it's um, it's an easier route than you trying to raise money and invest in it yourself. How much
1: say or control do you have over the business, though?
0: A lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in short, basically, the franchise agreement outlines everything that they can do, what they can't do, mm. what procedures they have to follow, because basically, say you, you wanted to take this store and plonk, plonk it somewhere else. Mm. So we would have the same signage. it would um, have whatever guidelines you've got in terms of the shop layout, how you want it to look, what suppliers mm-hmm. they have to use, the fee structure, um, pretty much everything. Know what uniforms they wear. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of wiggle room, and obviously because you're new to it, you, it's always best to give some sort of flexibility in it because you know it's your first one, and you're going to make mistakes, um, and. It's best being up front with them at the beginning to say, Look, you know, I'm going to learn from this process, and you're at the early stage with me, and yeah. you're going to kind of come along for the ride. But you're coming along at the early stage, so you're getting a better deal than you would otherwise, maybe that's in five years' years. Should, yeah, yeah, and well, that's I how I did break the
1: rules. Then, well, if you go and wander into one of your franchises yeah. in disguise?
0: Well, not happy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I can talk from experience because not every franchise works. You know, it's like any other business. Franchising reduces the risk of a failure rate. But, you know, yourself you say, in food and um, hospitality business, there's a very high percentage of failures. Uh, in fact, it's probably the highest business failure rate of any kind of business out there. Um, franchising diminishes that, it reduces it, but it doesn't you know, it doesn't take it away. And one of the reasons that stores can fail is because a franchisee tries to, you know, kind of deviate from the franchise agreement. Yeah, personalize yeah. It, and and what you're attract is is that in franchising it attracts entrepreneurs. You know, people or at least people think they're entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. And they will always look for a way of earning extra money. And franchising can be quite rigid in what they're supposed to follow and what they're not supposed to do and in the fee structure. Mm. So you will inevitably get some individuals who will try and take advantage of it. They think they're trying, they can divert yeah. know, the tills or they can use different suppliers. Um, but if you've got the right checks in place, you will eventually find them. It mm. won't necessarily take you too long. Because if they use your supply chain, which they have to, then the reality is, is that you'll see from your suppliers, whether they're ordering from them, you can see from their GPs. Yeah, because they'll be using your, your till system, which yeah. you'll have access to. I used to run paths, you know.
1: Right, so you buy you, a bottle of vodka, and yeah. you're going to
0: know about it, because, yeah. of course, everything changes, doesn't it? Instantly, yeah. your stock system. Yeah. I mean, they get away f- with it in the short term, but yeah. eventually, I mean, the thing is is that if they get caught and it's a major breach, they can lose an awful lot of money. Mm. Um, so... I'll give you an example that one of our franchises, probably uh, four or five years ago, they paid 130,000 for all of our our franchise, and we found them doing exactly that. They Mm -hmm. they were basically not putting things through the till, they were using different suppliers. They were effectively lower in sales so they didn't have to pay us our our fees. Um, We caught them, we gave (laughs) them. We killed them. You get very disappointed, don't you? (laughs) Because at the end of the day, I've built an overhead to support the franchise um, network. And if they're not paying me, then, you know... Well,
1: they take money
0: out of your pocket. Yeah, exactly. It's it's stealing. It's theft. Whichever way you look at it, it's it's theft. But they ended up losing that whole franchise. Mm. They got nothing back for that. Wow. Um, So they lost their entire investment because they broke the rules and they continue to break the rules despite the warnings mm-hmm. because you do give them warnings. You, you don't yeah, go in just go just them out the <laughs> door and then they've gone, they've gone, like, oh shit. Messed yeah. yeah. <laughs> up, so
1: yeah. And what's the, how is the financial structure then? How does it work? Do they have to have their own unit? Do you, what? Like How does it work?
0: Um, no, you help them with the unit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of franchises work in different ways and you have to pick and choose on what works for you and, you know, your, your personal, um, you know, your kind of personal circumstances. So, if if you want to be heavily involved, then you basically pick the unit, either with them or for them, mm-hmm. and say, look, it's likely to work in this kind of um, location. Um, you can also go as far as saying you must use my shop fit team mm-hmm. to to do the shop fit, so you get consistency in shop fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you might even project manage that shop fit yourself, because I mean. You've done it once. I mean, you. I mean, you know, Mm. you learn an awful lot when you open up your first one because you do everything. Mm. Um, So I'm assuming that you 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 pretty much got hands on with all of this. Yeah. So I learned a lot from my first few stores because I was there helping, doing the painting. I was done all the planning applications. Mm. Um, You know, picking the equipment was you know again an eye opener. You make a lot of mistakes. You get ripped off. And mm. um, sometimes, um, and you learn and move on. But the the idea is that you've learned a lot of your mis- you know mistakes. Yeah. And so you can put they, your expectations. Exactly. I guess in some ways
1: it's consulting, but it's consulting on a sort of
0: mm-hmm. on a given
1: idea. I guess almost is it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, you need to look at the kind of market to to determine your kind of fee structure for for what that might be. But you know, it, if this was taken to another. Another location, probably maybe more in a prominent position. Um, You know, again, you've been looking. at, I've seen these franchises going for a hundred thousand plus. You know, it's it's not cheap franchising, Um, and it is an investment.
1: Who buys a franchise? And is it somebody who wants business but isn't necessarily particularly creative? I guess in their own, you know, ideas.
0: Mixed bag. Yeah. I mean, I used to think it was literally. Um, single unit franchisees who were just looking to earn you know a wage you know, so they, they were working for someone and now it's like it's just going to replace that wage and you do get those you do get people who are only interested in one unit and all they 're looking to do is replace the salary that they used to earn being employed because they 've got fed up working for someone else yeah. Um, so you've got that as at the kind of basic level, but then you've got ones who are more entrepreneurial in their, their mindset, and they might own multiple businesses. They might not even work in, in the store. Most of our franchises don't work in the stores. They see it more as an investment. Yeah. So they have a manager there, or they even get us to manage those stores.
1: Okay.
0: Um, like
1: as Domino, it is Domino's franchise.
0: Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, Domino's is obviously one of the big boys. (laughs) Very successful franchise. (laughs) But once you get to a certain size, then you can start um, generating more income from it because you can start then determining things like, right, you have to get your uniforms, you have to get your uniforms from our supplier. You then potentially can get... um, of overrides from your, your supplier set, chain. Basically,
1: you're selling on the stock to a certain yeah. degree yeah yeah so
0: the bigger you get the better discount you get from your suppliers mm-hmm. you pass some of that on to your um, network fitting, and, and keep something mm. back for yourself and for you know reinvesting into the business because it's it's a big investment in, in franchising mm.
1: and so you're, you're I mean obviously your successful franchises what can go right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what, 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 what would one pay for a franchise there
0: Um, It varies. Um, I would say probably our cheapest one would be a a unit probably, yeah, if you took it out of your back kitchen there Mm. and just took this bit here, we'd probably charge 120 grand for that.
1: And so again, but obviously in layman's terms, what what do they get from that then? So it could be, again, it's up to them, is Mm -hmm. it? So they can either gets a master plan that they work alongside or you
0: can go in and say this is how it's going to be done and yeah i mean for, for our franchises we do it's a it's turnkey operation so basically we would do everything okay. we would even recruit the, the initial staff for okay. it so they will literally turn up on day one with the key and be able to walk straight in the staff are there the staff so has been really trained high. they've also been trained as well mm-hmm. um, or if they don't want to work in it that we will train whoever it is that they yeah, and do uh,
1: the they department. train
0: in another unit yeah they come to one of our training stores so we've got a training manager who will look after them mm-hmm. um, but for you so for instance they would probably come here so you'd say to them okay you come here spend two three weeks with me here when we've got your store almost up and running I'll come over and work in that store with you for a week so you know we get to make sure all the final bits are, are finalised in there and then do you then embed them into their own business in their own environment so yeah. they you know, become more comfortable in their own environment as well. Yeah. Um, so there's a bit of training here, a bit of training there. And, and some of it's just paperwork. You know, you'd know, you be surprised that most people don't even know anything about basics on HR or yeah. employing staff or... EHO. Um, EHO, mm. yeah. I mean, yeah, you'd be surprised if mean, a lot of people don't know diddly squat about it. <laughs> okay. yeah. And yeah. I didn't know... A lot about it yeah. and it's it's funny the bigger you get the more um some of these compliance yeah, they have to be more thorough become yeah very yeah. thorough and the very more you work the you. more at
1: risk you are is the problem i think because i learned certainly when i was working for one of the bigger pub groups it wasn't that they didn't want to kill someone it's that yeah. if they did kill someone they didn't want to be liable for it so that's where the paper trail you know that's what the paper trail is is yeah. ultimately
0: yeah and also you know you have the echo that come in if you're if you're a smaller business quite often they're a little bit forgiving and they give you the opportunity to put something right. If you're a bigger business they say you've got no excuse. Yeah. You should have had this sort of you've got the resources, you should yeah. have done that and then you get want. Yeah. Um, and that was hard as well because I was still in the mindset of well oh, hold on yeah. <laughs> pick it up oh, hold on <laughs> no,
1: not Chester <laughs> not the new girl
0: <laughs> oh, I find them really inconsistent to be honest with you, you know, whatever city you go to yeah. they're all working to the same um, model or is it Depends to be? on the day and
1: the person definitely
0: 100% have different interpretations of the same rules yeah so we have one that can come in to say one of our stores in say liverpool and it just say you can't use that to wipe out those pans okay well right we'll change that to, yeah. to you know this cloth yeah that's what we want you to do. then we get a visit in chester why are you using that cloth yeah you should have been using the this scrubber it's up. just and so like, broad <laughs> isn't
1: it again it's just so broad i just find that things that are important to one aren't important to another so mm. You know, they'll come in, and I've just had one come in and you know roll up to me over two things. But somebody was here 18 months ago, and those two things were in place then. So yeah. really, they're not of, You know,
0: I know. It's, like, oh, it's, yeah, sometimes it's, the they have, it's almost like they have to find something. Well, they do now to. because you have
1: to pay them to bring them back. So right. once upon a time they came right. back for a visit. Whereas now, if they give you less stars and you want them to come back and raise your stars, which you can, yeah. it costs you 180 pounds.
0: Scam anyway, like everything else. Money generating it's life, yeah, it's a of money
1: because if they really wanted you to do it properly, why not they just give you a list? Yeah, maybe it's that simple. Check off the list, and then they can come in And check. And if there's something wrong, they give you to the end of the week, and they come back. It's not like that anymore. So yeah, you
0: yeah, seem to have to have a, a license for everything now as well. Yeah, definitely. So how how do you balance all this with family and personal life and? Stuff.
1: I mean, it's. I've always been in hospitality, so I've always worked evenings before, and I don't work many evenings now. I only really do events. So, mm-hmm. frankly, when I skip out of here at five o'clock every day, I feel like I'm part time, uh, <laughs> even on a six day week. So, no matter what, hey, no matter what, I am um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel that taxing because stress. Um, obviously, there's more stress to it because it's your own business. You know, the the roller coaster of emotions that is never knowing what you're going to mm-hmm. earn from day to day. For example. Yeah and you know the outgoings are far greater than i ever prepared for mm-hmm. you know with your alcohol license and your music license and all of the things that just keep coming at you mm-hmm. so um so that that that's emotional to say the least but um yeah on the on the whole you know i, I find it on the whole i find it quite easy the, the work is easy and keeping on top of things mostly is easy mm-hmm. but then i i give myself a harder time working for myself than if i would if i worked for somebody else yeah, yeah allow myself to cut in corners so i've
0: got yeah. you know i'm always going to be a voice in my head going you're not know, doing a good enough job of it so it's you know, that voice in the it. head isn't it? It's, it's yeah. problem, isn't it it's probably the hardest thing is that it's you know saying to jake i mean i went to i've just started going to the gym you know but in work hours Mm -hmm. and I never done it before because um, I'd always feel guilty about leaving work yeah so I had to kind of change my mindset because I wasn't going in the early part of the day because I want to see my kids in the morning yeah and I don't and I also want to see him at night time as well so I kind of cut out that part cut out that part so I only had that bit left yeah so I had to kind of say well if I think of it I'm it's still work yeah you know it's me just Getting fitter and looking after myself, and if I'm fitter, I hopefully have more energy and I work better. And and I also started listening to podcasts while I was in the gym, so I was kind of telling myself I was learning as well. Well, that makes
1: sense. Yeah, I closed yesterday because um, the young girl who's been working for me for the last six months has finally gone off to do her proper job, and. and so I worked, and she gave me a day off on Mondays. So I worked last Monday and of course I had a banger of a Monday. So this Monday I closed because you can only keep going for so long on a seven day week. And just spent the entire day wondering how much money I was missing out on. Yeah. You know, so yeah, absolutely, There's, a, you know, you can't get away from it. I mean, there's no chance in hell of me having a holiday within the next probably two years. Mm-hmm. I took one last year and it was not worth it. You know, I closed for it, it just wasn't worth it, yeah. frankly.
0: So yeah, I remember yeah. getting phone calls from uh, GoFresco when I was trying to lie on the beach and uh, the coffee machine had broken. Yeah. And yeah, yeah day off not a day off. It was flooding. Yeah. Of oh, course. oh my god.
1: <laughs> yeah, the staff so won't hesitate to message you and say, "I can't find the da da da," but then ten minutes yeah. later, message you and say, "Oh, I found it." So it's like yeah, you never get to switch off, and of course. You know, whenever I pay a member, you know, we don't, we, you know, it's not a massive income here, it's a cafe tucked away in Hanbridge. so if I do pay, you know, there have been days, and certainly in the beginning, days where I was paying the member staff, we took less than, you know, I had to pay out on staff, not so much now, but... Yeah. It's a, I'm taking on a member of staff. I've got a chat trial in tomorrow, so I'm taking on a member of staff. But, you know, I've, I've sort of, again, anxiety-led, probably, because I need to make it very clear to him. He won't make much of a living to start, and there's room to, room to grow. However, that growth period, like, say, if I start opening an evening again and I put him on the evening, the first four, we might not see a soul. So, yeah. trying to figure all of that out. is a real juggling act, I find. And if I'm not in the building and it's been quiet, then yeah, and then i beat myself up over it. But you
0: just can't, you can't always be there, can you? you can't no, and that, and that's one of the hardest things to do is to kind of silence that voice in your head and yeah. and get away from that guilt trip of either having some time for yourself but, or, or you know, just not always being in, in your business. Yeah. So folks, make sure you tune in next Friday to listen to part two. In the meantime, if you want to find out more about Laura, her business, uh, you can follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Meltdown Chester. If you don't follow me already, you can find me on Instagram at DesPhoebe, on Facebook as the Franchise Entrepreneur, and on Twitter at Phoebe Des. I share daily tips and vlogs on business, franchising, and entrepreneurship, so make sure you check that out. Let me know in the comments if you enjoyed a different format and if you have any uh, suggestions for future episodes or people that we can invite. And I'll see you again next week for the second part of my inspiring meeting with Laura.